Custom Car Care. Good morning and welcome. We've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Miss Sarah, I brought some fixtures today, and I realize this is radio. Yeah, we're having a show and tell over here. But I'm going to hand you a couple tools and try not to break your uh, magic board over there. Okay, I will not. So uh, forgive me, folks out there in radio land. I've handed Sarah a snap-on adjustable wrench and a snap-on uh, set of pliers. Now, these are new design pliers by Snap-on. Just so you know, Sarah, not everybody can order those pliers. I'm one of Ooh, the few. fancy. They're on back order, but because of the relationship I have with there my Snap-on dealer, I was able to get a set even though most people can't. So perks of being, uh, I guess, a good valued customer of theirs. The reason that I brought those in is when I when I touch and feel those, what is your initial, like, uh, experience. You've used crescent wrenches from the big box parts stores yes. and pliers. What do you feel and what do you, what's your experience just right off the bat? Well, uh, first off with the pliers, they're very smooth to open and close. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's kind of funny because they look very heavy, mm-hmm. but they're very, they're not. They're and, well balanced. Yeah, they're very well, well balanced and uh, they fit really well in your hands. So the reason that I bring all this up is over the years I've had people like, oh my God, you know, how are you? Spending all this, because these are not cheap, clearly. I mean, these are probably on the the upper echelon of what it is. But I brought these in as kind of just a thought process for us today. And and I'm not bashing on like Harbor Freight or Craftsman or whatever. I have a ton of that stuff, you know, throughout the years. I've had good experiences. I've had not good experiences with it. But the reason that I bring this up, and I, I especially point this out today, is that your vehicles are not easily repaired or worked on or serviced. So if you're working with inferior quality tools and equipment, it's going to be that much less of a positive experience and that much more difficult to do the repairs. Does that make any sense, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. So I have always, the repairs in whatever mechanical industry are difficult. I don't want them to make them any more difficult than they are then they have to be. So if I can make my experience better and the job that we put out to all of our customers with a personal investment, now as a mechanic, we buy all of our own tools. I mean, that's not maybe something a lot of people think about, but I guarantee I'm probably north of it, of six figures, probably pretty, pretty easily for my personal investment. But this is one of those items that pays you to own it. And I guess that's the difference between a liability and an asset is in the right hands. These will generate their own, um, you know, work and revenue and time is money for everybody out there. I want the very best experience possible for me. I'm being a little selfish here, but translates into the very best repairs possible. The reason I bring all this up as the world has changed the last couple of years. They flooded the market with money. I think everybody is talking about that at the moment. And that increased the velocity of money. So people had money that they a didn't necessarily work for and they just bought stuff, right? Well, that translated to everybody being busy the last couple of years. As inflation has started to come up, the velocity of money is slowing down. So value is much more on, I think, most people's minds because it's harder to come by the same $10 I had a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm going to divert just a little bit. Jonas and I went out for lunch the other day. Jonas is my my son. He's uh, 13. 
we stopped at Popeye's and I'm not throwing stones at Popeye's, but for him and I to eat, we didn't eat anything crazy. It was uh, $26 and some change. Yeah, it sounds about right. And so and I, I get that. Things are expensive. No matter what you do, you bring your car in for work, it's it's going to be expensive. My thought process, and, and please jump in and tell me where I'm, you know, whether I'm I'm on mark here or not. But you, if you're going to spend money on anything, not just automotive repair, you better get as much out of that investment as possible. Is that kind of a rational? Yes, thought? I wholeheartedly agree. Me and you are kind of on that same mm-hmm. wavelength with our our money spending. We've talked about this mm-hmm. many times uh, over the air as well as off air for things that aren't automotive automotive related. Yes, absolutely. And so as, you know, A1 Custom and, and, and life ha- kind of <laughs> happens, my biggest, I think, thing that we're able to offer is that, you know, we can keep the vehicle that you own right now on the road. And we've done that for you and Ryan. I've done that, you know, for hundreds and thousands of people at this point in time. For many of hundreds of thousands of miles where most people, they get to one to 200,000 in their trade in their car. And it's not that I, I love new vehicles. I absolutely do. I will be signing in the dotted line at some point in the near future for a new pickup. Uh, I'm not quite there now, nor do I think it's the right time market-wise. Uh, you know, it's been a seller's market for quite a while. We've seen the home uh, seller side of it start to flip a little bit back to the buyer's market. The automotive uh, repossessions are through the roof right now. I mean, people losing their vehicles left and right. And having the ability to have it owned outright is a very powerful thing. Or the ability to drive it for hundreds of thousands of miles after you get it paid off. That's the goal. I don't want to go from car payment to car payment to car payment to car payment. Um, But being able to keep that going and be able to do that takes the right equipment and skill set. I'm not showing up to work on your vehicle with Harbor Freight and, and that stuff. And I'm not throwing stones at Harbor Freight. Don't get me wrong. I've bought tons of stuff there over the years. Have you ever gone to the Harbor Freight? Yes. Ryan is a, a big fan. Is he? Yes. So what, what's your impression of the Harbor Freight? Is it just like a bunch of bunch of noise over there? Is there anything you find cool in there? You know, I'm I'm more of a Lowe's gal. But really? Okay. me and Ryan can go our separate ways in uh-huh. there. But Harbor Freight's more specific, tool-oriented. Tools, tools, tools. Yes. So what do you like at Lowe's? Is it all like oh, the, yeah. the homes? The, I the... go to the plant section. Do you? Yes. Nice. <laughs> they have a good plant section. I go there quite often. Um, I buy my pool stuff there, which is in the plant department. So I always there peruse through their their plant department. They have been having some issues uh, countrywide with staffing. I don't know if you got any wind of that as of yet. Yes, I have. That they're not being able to staff. And so like you'll go in or you'll try and go into the... Uh, the the outdoor lawn and garden section and they'll be locked or closed up because they don't have anybody to man the register. I've not had that experience here. I go to the one in Republic and then the one over there um, kind of on the south side, I guess, of Springfield quite often, and they've been fine so far. So it's crazy the staffing things that are going on right now. It seems like um, there's tons of jobs out there, and I don't know. You got any beat on why people don't want to work? I don't know. You don't have the silver bullet? I have no idea. I've worked the same job for... I think I'm going on six years now. So, And that's super cool, Sarah. <laughs> Thankfully, I have not been in the market. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's a lot of good companies out there looking for folks to step up and, and take care of business. And I think it'll it'll eventually even out. But it's just a crazy world that we it live is. in. It so, is. Crazy times. 
I just wanted to kind of bring that up today that, uh, you know, sometimes you get what you pay for, I guess. And, you know, a lot of times we'll get people maybe calling around asking for prices or this and that. And maybe it's the older that I get, the more stern (laughs) I am. And I don't mean that in a bad way. But I've learned that not all mechanics or diagnosis or problems are created equal. So I'll have folks. I had one recently. A gentleman was calling around for a head gasket on on an engine that I know is prone for repeat head gasket failures because of uh, the warpage of the deck of the block. I don't want to get too crazy out in, in tech world, but... He was calling around pricing that, and so him and I had a conversation. I'm like, hey, what are you after? I know this engine. I know this platform. What are your goals with it? He's like, well, I want to get it fixed. Well, you're going to pay somebody a couple thousand bucks, and it's not going to be fixed. Is that what you're after? He's like, oh, nobody said anything about that. And I'm like, man, somebody needs to. So I guess my point is, is, you know, you want the most value for your money, but you better know the folks that are, are doing the service work, whatever it is, whether it's medical, whether it's in the law and attorney field, um, or it's in automotive repair, which is the world I, I uh, choose. And there's a big difference than, than uh, having to work in a career or a job, if you will, and choosing to work in a career. I love doing this every day. Um, but there's certain standards that I'm not going to put us or you as a, a customer in that spot. If I know that this is not going to be a good repair, even if you insist, I'm probably going to turn you down and say, nope, I cannot have the outcome that you and I are looking for doing the repair in this manner. So, you know, whether it's, hey, head gaskets is a, is a very common one. By the time you tear that down and have such an investment and the risk that that is going to be a good long-lasting repair is just not there. Now, back in the day when we had cast, and I'm talking cast steel, not cast aluminum, engine blocks with cast cylinder heads, yes, I've done a ton of head gaskets over the years. But when you start milling these aluminum blocks and overheating them, milling the aluminum heads, um, if you're going to shops that are offering that as a uh, solution, I would ser- seriously start questioning that. And I've had a lot of calls lately with people, you know, wanting to keep their vehicles on the road and what the best approach for that is. And I don't want to throw good money after bad. The The point of that whole deal is I have a standard that I expect when I do the service that this vehicle is going to perform and do for a length of time, for a length of mileage. Uh, for many years, years down the road. And I'm not going to shortcut it just because somebody else said, hey, you got a bad head gasket. And in and FYI, until you tear that engine down and find point of failure, people throw that term out there all the time and they cannot know that. I don't care how good they are. So we're up against our first break. Sarah and I will be back in a moment. Through complete car care solution. Custom car care. Welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin. Miss Sarah, you had some stuff you wanted to bring up and chat about. Yes. So I've got a couple of stories here. Okay. But we had a listener question, and I already know the answer to it. Oh, but awesome. I will go ahead and ask it over okay. the air, and I will let you answer it. Excellent. So, maybe you can. Maybe we'll just let you run with it. Well, I mean, I guess we could, but it's for you. <laughs> Fair enough. So first off, they're very excited to hear and listen to the show. Awesome. And they think that you have a lot of great wisdom. They wanted you to mention what locations do you mainly work at? Now, I already know the Ooh, answer to that. Yeah. So what would your answer to that be? Everywhere. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you kind of, you 
shop jump, if you will. Yes. So you'll spend some, maybe you'll be a day at one shop, a day at another, and then sometimes you make your way down to the Arkansas mm-hmm. stores. Yep. So you're kind of all over the place so at once. I guess I ought to give a little backstory. So my position, along with Alan, which is my my counterpart, we are the operations managers for the company. Alan has been a long, very, very accomplished technician and has shifted gears kind of into the service advisor uh, genre, if you will. So him and I, as a kind of a team deal, you know, I will spend a lot of my time in the shop and then we'll help assist him at the service advisor side. And then he spends his time with the service advisors and he'll assist me because he was a mechanic for many, many years. Him and I run five different automotive repair locations, two in Springfield, one in Republic, and then we have Seaburg Service Center in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and Rogers, Arkansas. So, long story short, it's sometimes very difficult to nail me down. I spend time at as many of the locations as possible through the week, and it really depends on what service is going on at which store, and if it's something, A, they need special equipment, special instruction, they're having some issues with this or that that I can, you know, step in and, and have some support for them. So I, there's really not a good way to say, hey, I'm at this shop most of the time. However, the reason that we bring on to our show a lot of our managers over the years, some of our other service advisors, not really technicians. I guess we haven't uh, uh, brought any of our techs on, have we? Can you remember any of the techs we've had on? Well, I know that I went over there. It was right before I went on oh, maternity yes. leave. Or maybe that is I might right. have pre-recorded it and played it during maternity yes. leave. So let's see. So you interviewed a bunch yes. of our technicians. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they kind of it was story time with Sarah at that point. <laughs> yes. So I asked them some of the, just the weirdest things that they've worked on or mm-hmm. like repairs that have stuck with them. And I'll link it in the show notes on our podcast. There the, were some great stories. Yeah. I can't. I, who did I interview? I interviewed Ryan. Yeah. And Harlan and, and Darren both, I remember. Yes, and they are pretty much static at the Sunset mm-hmm. store. Yes. Yep. So we have our Sunset location, which is where my main office is. Um, so Miss Annie runs that facility. She's the store manager. Darren, Harlan, Jim, and we've got a newer gentleman to our company, but not to the business named Jeff. I mean, we got some powerhouse folks that really take care of business. So a lot of our large repairs, difficult diagnosis, they take care of them as good, if not better, than I can. So I would love to tell everybody out there that I could work on every car out there, but I'm fortunate enough, and anybody that's, that's either owned or been a part of a small business, you know, the business is... It, it grows and it's outgrown to where just one person can take care of things. But we're very blessed that those folks are taking care of business, like I said, as good, if not better than I do. And there's a lot of times where I will have folks come in and they're like, hey, this or that, or even some of my family that because I travel and, and do between all the stores, I essentially will book them with you know one of our technicians or service advisors, whoever's needing to fill those shoes. And take care of business um, because there's just too much (laughs) to do in a day. So we're very blessed as a company. And I guess this is a good time. Uh, Sarah, you've probably heard this story a lot. When I got out of tech school and I graduated in 2003, so I'm working on 20 years now, um, 
I had three or four different shops that I interviewed at and had job offers at every location that I interviewed at. Some were big chains, personal, some were dealerships. Um, I was just kind of testing the water at that point in time. As they kind of walked me through the shop and talked to me about the folks that work there, they were all new folks. And they were like six months, you know, as a veteran. That's how long their longest term employee was there. And everywhere I went was that way, and I ended up interviewing at A1 Custom. It was A1 Muffler and Brake back then. David Weiser uh, ran it. Lois Schulte was the operations manager. Her and Kenny, since then, the last, I think, eight years or so, they had bought the company. Uh, When I interviewed there with them, it was different. It was like, hmm, what's going on here? And then I walked out and got introduced to the people working there. Jim had been there 20 plus years at that point in time. Don had been there 15. A uh, gentleman named Gene and, and um, Ron, they had been there 30 years. Another gentleman had been there 28. The, the newest employee, and I'm using air quotes in here, was 15 years. And I was like, hmm, there's something different here. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But I'm sure you've experienced that. Actually, I know you have in the radio world where it's a a toxic environment. We're going to go on the bad side of it first. And nobody wants to stay there. Have you ever seen that? I have. I thought so. I think there's some (laughs) stories probably not fit for radio. (laughs) And then, you know, to your point in our previous segment, you've been here many years at this point. And I still see that like enjoyment in, you know, radio land. And the listeners as well. You guys are amazing. And I'm not just saying that. Like anytime I run into somebody or they hear my voice there in the the office or if I get to go to one of your guys' meet and greet events, man, it's just fantastic. They're all very kind. Oh, we yeah. have We really do have like the best listeners. Absolutely. Very kind. And I'll be honest, we have advertised and done different stuff on different stations over the years. Never was I really like you know, A, this is doing something, or B, these are the people that I want to be talking to. However, with KSGF, man, it is a whole different ballgame. And as we have shops in different markets, um, there's not a KSGF down there in Northwest Arkansas, and it shows. You know, I love the fact that the people are so educated, essentially. They're informed. It's not just, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, these people know what's going on. They know whether it's a political thing, whether it's economic thing, whatever it is, they're being prepared. They're not scared and, you know, just burying their head in the sand and just kind of along for the ride. They're being proactive. And I love people that are, you know, proactive versus reactive. So that was a long answer. It was Do you a long think answer. I covered that, that basically you can't count on me, be at a store? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Now, uh, they did have another question. Okay. And I kind of know the answer to this one, okay. but I'll go ahead and let you answer sure. it again. I'll try and keep it a little more they concise. also want to know, do you have a break expert? We definitely do. Absolutely. So depending on what it is, if you're at my Sunset store, it would probably be Jim. Jim has been doing breaks in the Springfield area for over 30 years out at Republic. Uh, uh, well, it's another guy named Jim, actually, uh, James, if you'll ask for either one of those at either location, they will definitely be able to get you taken care of. And then at my Fort street location, you could either deal with Jason or Cody. Both of them are rock stars. Not that Jeff and Harland and, and, uh, Darren, and then, you know, Eddie and, Chris and Troy out at the other stores can't take care of it. But basically, I am introducing you to our lead technicians. So 
Everybody else is more than capable of taking care of it, but my lead guys are the ones that step up and deal with the weird stuff. So, for instance, and I'll uh, do I have a moment for a yes. quick story? Okay. So, Jim and I were dealing with a old, uh, it was a, um, I would say, mid-90s F250 uh, with a 7.3 power stroke in it, which I'm a big fan of, by the way. But we had a wheel lockup problem, and I got to own this. We had He had to come back two or three times. Part of it was because I didn't exactly get it nailed down the first time, which happens. And two, they needed the vehicle. This was a beautiful, like, uh, saver truck. I mean, this thing was just in great shape. Long story short, I had a rear wheel lockup issue that we had a hard time getting to the bottom of. Had many problems, blown axle seals, wheel cylinders blown out. We fixed all that stuff thinking that was going to get to the bottom of it, which it needed. But we still had a wheel lockup problem. And so I ended up finding a 70 PSI pressure differential on the rear wheel cylinder. So Jim and I at the Sunset location were able to work through that. We found up in the frame where somebody had like, you know, uh, pinched or banged on one of the the metal lines and I had a restriction due to some prior service in a weird spot and so we ended up rebuilding a line that we were able to diagnose with the pressure differential and fixed his wheel lockup problem and the truck's been in good shape he just brought us another beautiful I don't know where this guy's finding these old gem of a trucks but another beautiful truck we're in the midst of rebuilding it at the moment so um yeah definitely either location or any location ask for one of those lead fellas and we'll get you all taken care of so we're at the bottom of the hour sarah and i'll be back in a moment your complete car care solution one custom car care welcome back you got sarah and dustin is it a story time now sarah it is a story time but not dustin's story time sarah has a story yes so my mom was actually telling me about this story well, thanks, mom. and we i know it. yes thanks mom <laughs> but she was telling me about it and then i saw it pop up on fox news mm-hmm. and i was like "Ooh, i want dustin's input on sure. this so i'm gonna just read it for okay. you the title is hyundai has a new way to prevent its cars from getting stolen mm. Hyundai has a new plan to fight rash of social media-driven thefts targeting its vehicles. Videos shared on the internet showing how easy it is to start some models from Hyundai and its sister brand Kia using just the tip of a USB cable has led to thousands of thefts across the country, with even underage children caught taking vehicles for joyrides. Yes. I hadn't heard that part. Yes, this is the part that my mom had relayed to me. Just last Saturday, a group of four children, ages 14 to 17, stole a 2021 Kia Forte from a rental lot in St. Paul, Minnesota, and led police on a highway chase with patrol cars and a helicopter in pursuit. The car crashed as the driver attempted to avoid a stop stick, Mm. and uh, the group tried to flee on foot before they were apprehended. Wow. Now, the issue stems from the lack of an immobilizer system Mm -hmm. in some of the vehicles prior to the 2022 model year, mainly 2011 and 2021 Kias and 2015 to 2021 Hondas equipped with ignitions requiring mechanical keys. Now, Hyundai spokesperson tells Fox News Auto that the automaker has expanded a program supporting police departments that are distributing theft preventative steering wheel locks and has also identified an aftermarket product that can help address the issue. So my question for you Mm -hmm. is then it just kind of goes into, you know, this is what police say and stuff like that. So how do you prevent your car from getting stolen? What, what, what would you suggest 
in this situation here. So do you remember the infomercials about the club? Do you remember that at all? That was real big, probably in the Ooh, 90s. And it was essentially this big sliding. Um, it had two hooks on each end, and you put it inside the steering wheel, and you slid it oh, out. yes, I know what you're talking about. And it about. basically would impede being able to rotate the steering wheel in a full. Um, I always thought that was kind of gimmicky, in my opinion. Basically, what they're trying to do is to make it a harder target, so you go on to the next guy or gal's car, and that doesn't have some kind of a, a theft device on there. Most of the people out there listening in, in Radio Land have a good immobilizer designed in the car. So General Motors has their own pass lock system, and they have several generations of it. Uh, Ford has another I pass. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on what their system's called, but they have many generations of their anti-theft systems. Um, so most manufacturers have it under control where we're getting kind of into the technology side of things is they're relying more on the technology part of it. And you have the, you don't have a key anymore and it's a frequency that essentially is in your pocket. I don't know. You got a newer Hyundai, don't you? Yes. So do you have a real key? I have still? a real key. Okay. So that is one more layer of a way to prevent people from stealing it. I know Tesla came up under some uh, exposure, I guess, if you will, to where people, as you would walk by them, they would they would get the frequency or they would get a repeater and get close enough to the house that they could get the frequency. Now they captured and, and now they owned that frequency and then they would drive your car away with a laptop. So as technology continues to get more and more and more intense, it's if you've got smart people, you know, I, I had an old guy tell me one time that a lock is only designed to keep an honest person honest was his advice. And I'm not saying just cop out and be okay with that, but being smart of where you leave your car and where and how you protect your vehicle is very important. If you have a garage and it's full of a bunch of crap, and I'll just be honest, my garage is full of a bunch of crap too, and you can't park your car in there, that's one more layer to keep your um, property safe. As well as, I will tell you from working on older cars over the years, when I get to work on a garage-kept car, the repairs are significantly different as far as how long it takes, how much fighting, how many bad words I say from time to time. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. Um, a garage kept car is going to perform much longer and in better shape, as well as it's a barrier of safety. If you live in town, I would have motion sensitive lights out there. If you have a dog, I would have a dog, at least in the vicinity and pay attention to the dog. Um, we have a Belgian Malinois. They are, if you ever watch, I think it's John Wick 2 or 3. I think it's maybe the third one. The dogs that are just crazy acrobatic dogs that mm -hmm. they use in that movie, those are Belgian Malinois. Well, he is a very intelligent dog, and he does not bark if there's not a reason to be barking. So when he barks, I know somebody's out there. Now, more than often, it's our, you know, Amazon delivery or whatever it is. But it keeps me looking and keeps me um, checking, as well as we have a private um, security system that 
I essentially was able to order. There's no monthly fees. Um, I can monitor it from my phone. It has a record feature, and I check it pretty often. Now, we live in a good area. I live out in the rural part of Christian County. But I don't want to have my head buried in the sand and just think, oh, you know, we're good. No, but nothing bad ever happened here. I've always had this um, idea that thugs and crooks, you know, you think of like the bad part of town that where they're at. Well, most of that part of town is plighted. You know, it's it's not a nice neighborhood. So if they want to steal things, they go to the good part of town or they go out in the country to the folks that got this or that. I don't want to be that easy target or that victim that, you know, oh, you know, the I leave the keys in the ignition or whatever. So just be mindful of that. Take your keys in. If you can park it inside, if you can put lights or security or dog, pay attention and use all that stuff. Um, the club, maybe it's not a bad idea. I still have customers that have them probably from the 90s. I see them sitting in the car. They still use them. There are other ways that you can add security theft um, prevention devices to the vehicle. Be mindful of the as-seen-on-TV stuff. So uh, I, I rambled for a minute. Did I run us out of time? No, you're fine. Just a little bit. Um, did that cover the question? Do I you think, think so. so? I want to shift gears just a little bit. I have run into some listeners out there, and it's been FedEx drivers here recently. They listen a lot to our show. Oh, well, hello there, FedEx. Hello, FedEx. And uh, as far as I know, FedEx hasn't made any dumb decisions according to the Second Amendment, as a, as some of the other carriers out there have. Uh, we're not going to open that can of worms. But I just wanted to say, hey, we appreciate our FedEx drivers and everybody out there that's doing the delivery thing. Um, they uh, The two that come to our house are awesome. I mean, they... Um, they think about where they're leaving that stuff, you know, so it's not this porch pirate carrot sitting out there that like, oh, you know, this folks got this stuff, this or that. They're awesome. And I just wanted to say thanks out there as well as everybody else that's thinking about things. You know, I see the ring videos where, you know, different drivers, not just FedEx, but different drivers could be USPS, whatever will hide or camouflage or put things in area because uh, the world is changing. And I will not be a victim. I will not put my head down and just think, oh, you know, it's rainbows and ponies and all this stuff. And so I appreciate like-minded other people that think about that as well. You know, I love the fact that we live here in the central United States in a fairly conservative area um, versus some of the crazy areas. I lived um, outside of Chicagoland area as a kid for a while, for quite a while. And I have a great perspective of some of the laws that they put in there to, quote, unquote, prevent some of the things going on. And they just you look at the facts and they do nothing but make it worse. And it just it it absolutely boggles the mind of why they continue to do that stupid stuff and not pay attention to the consequences that they're getting. But I digress. Main thing I wanted to say, hey, thanks to all the FedEx folks that we've been visiting and talking with. So. Have you had any experience with the like-minded people thing out there, or do you, do you, oh, do you run into all the into time? All that? Yeah. yeah, I see it all the time, especially in in my career. Mm -hmm. I see them. It's refreshing. Yes, it really is, and it's really refreshing whenever I see somebody who is about my age, mm -hmm. and they are like-minded as well. I think we probably need to. I know we're don't have enough time to get into it today, but you know, a lot of the baby boomers are retiring, and they're mm -hmm. you know. They've put their time in, and I salute them and appreciate what they have done. But, you know, you talk about the Generation X and then obviously the Millennials, and I forget what the next one in line is coming. But um, 
you know, the the working force is shifting at this point in time. And I know as a I guess I'd be on the early side of the millennial side of the spectrum. You're seeing a lot more of the millennials step into leadership roles and, and, and have more say in what's going on. And we've gotten a lot of flack for the last probably decade. You and I have done several shows on this, but you're seeing the cream rise to the crop. You're seeing as yourself. I mean, you're very successful in your career. You're, you're making things happen. You show up every day. You know, you're not in for the participation trophy, if you will. It, it's just one of those things that, you know, the world's changing and, you know, it's shifting and we better be proactive on it versus reactive. So we're going to step into a break. We'll be back in a moment. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. We've got just a little bit of time, Sarah and Dustin. A1 Custom Car Care. So I alluded earlier to the record amount of repossessions in the automotive market. Miss Sarah, you were on the old uh, interwebs over there. I was. And found that there's still record prices for new vehicles as of July. Is yes. that right? Okay, so this is what it says. The average transaction price paid for a new car. Do you want to guess? Oh, is it over 30? It's got to be around. Yes. Oh, it is over 30. It is Holy over 30. Cow. So this is the average price. It's around $48,182 in July. I was July. way south of that. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, so, you know, I got a thing for, I, at some point I'm going to get me a new pickup. And I was looking at the new Raptors. You want to guess what the new Raptor, which is the upper trim package that Ford's got on their F-150s. It rang in at a hundred and eight thousand oh, dollars for twenty twenty three. I guess it would be. That's almost a new house or a couple. I mean, yeah. I could really have you know, you know, maybe a eight nine hundred square foot house. Yeah, and, and get and, you a little tiny home. Yeah, and I was like, holy smokes! Well, You're like, talking six figures for a pickup. Truck. I guess you could use it as a tidy home. <laughs> You'd have to live in the thing. I mean, that, the payment on that alone, and I guess you know, I think that's the thing is folks that probably buy those don't mm-hmm. have to worry about the payments, but. Holy crap. Now, it's a beautiful truck, don't get me wrong, and it's got every bell and whistle and cool thing. But, man, that is insane. I, I'm i starting to see, I was uh, going through a used car lot or driving by one the other day, and they had like an 88 or 9 Chevy pickup out there, and they wanted like nine grand for that truck. Which, you know, when you think about it, and versus 108000 that's not so much. But I think that truck, I'd have to look, it was probably somewhere around that when that truck was brand new. Now, that doesn't have all the bells and whistles and all the, you know, heated and cooled everything and self-driving and blah, blah, blah. But the fact that that truck has been brought up in value so much, you used to be able to drive by those trucks for a thousand bucks all day long. I mean, they had gone down in value, but because of the velocity of money and, and things that have gone on the last couple of years, it's insane. So that kind of goes back to the repower and, and that kind of stuff. You know, being able to be in a position that you don't have to deal with that, as well as I've seen this resurgence. Um, I was talking about that gentleman that was able to find these absolute gems of the pre emissions, um, mechanical injection, um, or, you know, on some of the later ones had electric fuel injection on the diesel engines but finding these vehicles that have you know the barn finds or the uncle joe owned it for 40 years and took great care of it the value of those vehicles is going through the roof 
as especially as Sarah, have we ever talked about the deaf shortage? Do you recall me bringing that up ever? You know, I feel like we have. So but... deaf is diesel exhaust fluid, and yes. it's main. It's made from a base of ammonia. And it's also formulated off of something very similar that they use a lot in the fertilizers. So we got a fertilizer shortage. So we got a huge a food shortage, worldwide food shortage. Now these new trucks have to have diesel exhaust fluid, which is, I won't say shortage. It is a shortage, but the shortage is driving it up in price. Well, if you can have an older diesel vehicle that doesn't require that, you that's a that's here's the winning right there. You've seen some of the big heavy transit um markets. We're not talking about California. They've mucked that stuff up big time. But you look at some of these private carriers that have these older 18-wheelers that don't require the diesel exhaust fluid. Those trucks are buku bringing some some primo dollars as well as your passenger trucks, you know. Um that old Duramax that I hauled the the GMC out to your house, that was an 03 model. It doesn't have diesel exhaust fluid. That thing's been taken care of. It's got 350,000 miles. I'm going to be towing the camper up to St. Louis with it this coming weekend so we can do some some stuff with the uh, children's hospital up there. I'm very fortunate to have that old pickup to be able to do what I need to and not worry about all the shenanigans that the government has put out there and all the difficulties with the supply chain problems. So soapbox came out a little bit right there, but it is what it is. These are the worlds that we're all living in. So the reinsurgence of these older vehicles and really, Sarah, you and I have talked about this tons over the years. If you have a vehicle from, I'm going to say mid to late nineties, up to mid, I'm going to say mid 2000s. I'm going to say maybe up to 2007, uh, 08, somewhere in there, even up to 2012 on certain makes and models. That technology and the way those engines and transmissions were developed and built had been refined. Those model years, they had figured out, um, you know, port fuel injected. They had not gone to variable valve timing. They had not gone to. Any kind of shenanigans of, you know, a 10, 12 speed transmission in a passenger car, those were, I don't want to say very basic, but they were refined. If there was a problem with one of the designs, they they worked through it and they really didn't change a lot throughout those years. So we're seeing folks that have taken decent, and I won't even say good care, decent care of those vehicles, be able to drive them 300,000 without a ton of love. And even if you did need to do something major, it was fairly reasonable. Now, when you get to that 2015-ish and newer, that is a whole different mechanical animal than any of us have ever driven before. You had better be doing a good uh, oil change, a good quality oil change, and on a good regular basis, or that engine will give up on you. We have a Chevy pickup right there, and I'm not picking on Chevy. I like my GMs. I drove here in a Chevy pickup this morning. We got a Chevy sitting out back of one of our stores that's got 82,000 miles on it that hasn't been road hard and put up wet and the engine is junk in it. It's probably a 15 or 16. I would be furious if I was that person that had a vehicle give up on me at 82,000 miles. And there's a shortage on pistons right now. So we're having a hard time locating a replacement engine as well as, you know, these these newer vehicles have to have induction service. They have to have the carbon removed. If you're not doing a drain and fill, at least on the transmissions, you're going to have to replace the transmission. If you're not servicing the fluid in the transfer case, rear differential, and I'm not saying this because I'm an automotive repair shop. If you own one of these vehicles and you don't want to bring it to me, that's fine. 
If you got somebody that does it, that's awesome. You better at least be putting the right quality of fluid. And I'm not talking about a budget fluid. You better not be buying the cheap one size fits all. If you have the ability to do it on your own, you need to be doing it on your own. If you don't and you don't know what you're doing, you can create more problems than it's worth. You need to find a trusted facility that does take care of business. Long story short, if you're not maintaining your vehicle, they are prone to major failure and breakage way more frequently and more costly than the vehicles that we had talked about before. But essentially what I my my perception of a good vehicle is one that folks perceive as a good vehicle, but it's it's mainly because they will the vehicle was designed to tolerate neglect. You look at these old Hondas and Toyotas out of the 2000s, you can drive the wheels off of those things and do very little to them, and they will tolerate it, and they will keep driving. You do that to a new late model vehicle, and I guarantee it will escalate to the top of your to-do list because it will leave you walking. And I don't want to be the fear monger. You know, if you if you don't do this, you're you're <laughs> you're going to go see Hades. But I don't want you walking either. I don't want you exposed out there and, and at risk. So we've done a lot of talking about that over the years, Sarah. I'm very thankful you, uh, if I remember right, you have never had a breakdown, right? Where it's left you walking? Well, I've oh, had that did. one. That is, there yes, was one. I did have that one, but thankfully my mother was able to come yep. and rescue thanks, me. Mom. I That's know. two thanks, moms I know. Thanks, mom. Show. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Just the one, thankfully. Yes. But that gives me a lot of perspective because I do have that brand new vehicle. Yes. And I want to make sure that I'm taking care mm-hmm. of it. I do have an oil change coming up on it. It'll be the first oil change that you guys will uh, get to do on it. Awesome. So it was in pretty good shape. I had a pre-purchase mm-hmm. inspection on it. So hopefully there's, you know, no yellow or red flags. Yes. We, you know, kind of did this for you and Ryan when you guys shifted gears and got him into a new-to-you-guys truck here a while back. That's a really cool little truck, by the way. Um, that's a very fitting truck, decent fuel mileage. We worked out a couple of details on it, but he's driving in style now at this point. So everybody's kind of in that boat, you know, when you get a new to you vehicle or even a brand new vehicle, I got a a good friend of mine bought an F-150, I think in like 19, he had to have the front differential completely rebuilt under warranty and Ford took care of it, but it was like 6,000 miles and the, the bearings had given out on the front of it. It happens, but yeah. whenever you get that new to you vehicle, there's always that kind of process where you gotta, you know, make up for some of the the neglect that had been done previously. Get to know it, get it up to par, and then you can have the faith and confidence in it, which is really important. That you, you know, when you tap the keys and you get ready to go to the grocery store, or the doctor, whatever it is, work, church, um, that it's gonna do it for you and get you where you need to go dependably which is really what everybody wants, you know. All these uh, extra little bells and whistles are unfortunately sometimes things that need taken care of. So hopefully this helps some folks out there this week and we shared some wisdom. And if you guys out there in Radioland have any questions for me or Dustin, you can shoot them over on our text line. That phone number is 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on our social media at 1041 KSGF. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Yes, you as well. Be safe. Bye.